Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Recall of Duty. This is our episode on Treyarch's 2015 Blops entry, uh, Black Ops 3, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I'm Reed McCarter. I'm in a robot body. I'm joined, as always, by Yusuf Cole, who is also in a robot body. Um, I'm no, I'm the pure blood soldier. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not doing that stuff. I'm cool. Oh, okay. Sorry about sorry about that, Reed. Did, did we agree to do it at some point? I think I. Yeah, we said that. <laughs> we said on three we were both gonna <laughs> both gonna get a robot body. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe next that's, time. That's disappointing. <laughs> Uh, and I'm joined by England's very own robot super soldier, former bullet points editor, Ed Smith. Um, I, there are parts of my body that are robotic, like so, like my forearm is robotic, but then I've got a real hand on the end. <laughs> <laughs> How's that work, blood flow wise? Ah, uh, it's just um. It just works, man. Technology these days, it's just seamless. <laughs> um, well, as you may have picked up, the year is 20-something. Oh, God, I didn't look, and if I... Look, I, think I, it's, I, think it, I think it's 67 or 65. It's in that It's in the 60s. Era. It's in the 60s. I remember... <laughs> the 60s, baby. We're back. We're all the way back in the 60s. Um, I remember looking at some... Uh, some codex entry in this, and I think Christopher Maloney's character was born in 2019. So, little baby boy, little baby Christopher Maloney. So right now, Christopher Maloney has been <laughs> reborn <laughs> as a little, <laughs> little scowling baby with intense eyes. Um, <laughs> Black Ops Three, set in the future, you play as uh, your your character's name in this is just a player. That's what it says in the subtitles every time you speak. You can actually customize your player in this one. Um, you can be a robot woman or a robot man. It's completely up to you. Um, I don't know. I Trying to summarize the premise of this game, it's the future. Uh, you are in the CIA, as per usual. Um, you get your arms ripped off by a robot <laughs> at the beginning of the game. So they put you in a robot suit to save your life and to make you stronger uh, better, faster and then you end up tracing down uh, Christopher Maloney his CIA squad who are seemingly working against uh, not the US government, it's like this future NATO called the Winslow Accord the Carl Winslow Accord <laughs> they really, they really hate that. the dad from Family Matters <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> the Winslow Accord was orchestrated by future president Carl Winslow, um, and and that's kind of the premise of the game. It's I could I can connect it uh, quickly back to the second game because I actually didn't realize how much they're just linearly. It seems like such a different game, but it does oh, it take place in the same universe. Oh, yeah. uh, where so in the second game there's multiple endings, and I guess the worst one happened where uh, men. Menendez, uh, is it Menendez or Mendoza? No, yeah. Menendez, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he like blows up all the drones, or he takes over the drones and blows up a lot of a lot of cities. And then, uh, as a you know, the world kind of seems like it enters some kind of crazy 
world war of some kind where mm-hmm. humanity no longer trusted drones and built laser guns that shoot down any drones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the only way you could fight is on the ground. But you can fight as a robot person. And that's mm-hmm. how that's how they're, you know, they're keeping things fresh. So it's not just regular infantry anymore. There are a lot of uh, uh, robotic drones that are seem to be most of the world's troops, but there are also like human soldiers who have who are either volunteered or sometimes involuntarily assigned uh, um, volunteered to to be turned into cyborgs and then fight for different sides of the of like the new world powers. I think Winslow Accord is the U.S. and whoever else, and then. Um, there's the CDP, I think, mm-hmm. which seems like mostly Russia, Russia-related, maybe Russia and China. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to that part of the Wikipedia. <laughs> I did, but, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's like, it's a third Cold War. The, the, so basically the first Cold War was the one that happened historically. The second one happened um, in the 20s with China. In Blobs 2. Uh, in Blobs 2. And then the third one is what's happening now between the Winslow Accord and the CDP. Um, and it's kind of interesting because it's like really very little national identifiers, at least between the big powers. You're still fighting in yeah. proxy wars, like you're fighting in Singapore and um, Egypt most Egypt of the most of bunch. the time. Um, but there's not a lot of like flags flying, you know. <laughs> like you're not like it's not. It's interestingly not really the only marker you have that you're fighting for the U.S. is the CIA. Mm-hmm. And a little American flag on your... It's just very hard on, to On your spot. robot torso. <laughs> yeah, if you look down your, at your knees when you're walking forward. It says made in the USA. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's... I mean, we can talk about more pressing details of what happens in this. This game's plot is... Uh, it's all over the place. Um, so we'll maybe just have to approach it as it comes up. But I want to do usual thing first and go uh, so we'll go to Ed first because you're a guest now um, uh, do you like this game? Uh, yes actually I do I think that you're absolutely right in saying that it's all over the place and I, I can't for the life of me I mean I, I you know not to kind of gloat or whatever but I, I don't feel like I'm an idiot you know what I mean I've read you know like thousand page novels I've I've seen the films of, of Ozu <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I as a I think quite literate individual could not you know make head nor tail of this thing and weirdly though I mean I think that's you know kind of generally true of every Call of Duty game if you actually sit and you know recite the plot of a Call of Duty game out loud, then it's you know within a kind of like thirty to sixty seconds that you start to sound really really silly, uh, and this one is no different. But I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a cop out as a critic to say this, or a cop out as a respondent to the game to say this. But for me, when I was playing it, the sort of incessant nature of the plot, the kind of plot bombardment and its complete kind of you know inexplicability and unintelligibility 
kind of worked to me for me in its favour. Um, and this is probably uh, a, an idea that I think I'll return to throughout this episode is that basically, for me, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Three feels like and plays like and looks like the culmination, the kind of natural culmination of you know like Call of Duty at it at its peak, like when it's it's it's, it's a game that is just like so much. Just like the studio that made it, you know, it's just like it, it obscenely kind of successful and wealthy mm-hmm. and padded and bloated, and the, the franchise as well, and the genre in which the franchise exists. Uh, so the 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 sheer kind of amount, the sort of maximalism of the game, both in terms of how it plays and yeah, then in terms of the story, feel to me very sort of assonant with um, the you know the the story behind the game itself the the identity of the Call of Duty franchise I think I wrote something about this not long after it came out because I think that on release it was I seem to remember that you know a lot of the responses to it were basically praising the multiplayer and then saying that you know the campaign is sort of peripheral and perfunctory and you, you play it if you want but it's not really that interesting whereas I, I felt like at the time like it was the other way around for me and I think I remember writing something along the lines of that with all of that money and fame and pressure and expectation and kind of franchise history and just that um, sort of requirement to get bigger and bigger and and, and, and bolder and bolder uh, every year it must be kind of a maddening experience to work on a Call of Duty game the, the, the Call of Duty franchise is this kind of insane loud screaming sort of grotesque of, of culture and to play the game feels a little like that as well you've got all of these characters in it who are going mad from being overexposed to sort of technology and and too much fighting playing it is like you know kind of relentlessly um uh, like i said maximalistic um it's a long answer what i'm I'm basically saying is it's like it to me it feels like the most kind of true call of duty expression of what Call of Duty is um, I think that I've played to date as well and that's you know taking into account the last five years of Call of Duty games this is the one that really feels like they say this every year like in the marketing and whatever you know we're really going for it this year this year is going to be bigger better than ever this one is definitely bigger and this is one where they've really gone for it and it actually feels quite unbridled and unhinged as a result it doesn't feel kind of tidy it does feel like just a, a big kind of dump of just like content and, and visuals and etc etc so that's my that's my opening kind of spiel about how I feel about Black Ops 3 mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think Yusuf? <coughs> um, I like how you make me go second you, you never have to go I guess because you're the host so. well I already know what I think of this game oh, so you're just <laughs> curious good, 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 to hear, good to know uh-huh. I don't ca- I don't care what you think about this game, so I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and explore how I feel about this game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Ed, a lot of what you're saying, a lot of what you're saying is pretty spot on in terms of uh, the game being the most. It's very much a you can see the gears turning in terms of what they want to make or in terms of the expectations of what they should make whether you know the first two games were more historical and more and i mean still really weird <laughs> and experimental and and fa- fairly nonsensical <clears throat> but you can't just you know 
uh, return to the historical drawing board, even though that's what the, the new one will, will. But it's it's you know skipped a few steps, so now they can go back to it. But for the third game, they really felt like they were just like, we need to do something really out there. And they kind of looks like they went through the last 10 years of science fiction pulp uh, novelizations and and built something in that vein, which was pretty much, you know, you still have basically some attachment to the Black Ops, you know, uh, Special Forces aesthetic where, you know, you're the best of the best, going uh, surgically into various countries. Uh, they saved that for a cutscene for the most part. <laughs> um, but, you know, dropping in and taking out bad guys and, and getting getting airlifted. But then, um, you know, grafting both figuratively and literally uh, this science fiction uh, structure on top of it where uh, now you're... Now it's about um, humanity and, and AI and, and, and cyborg... And questions of uh, you know uh, once humanity once they've become a cyborg you know you see a lot of Robocop's um, inheritance here or um, influence here you see like uh, you know go, uh, Ghost in the Shell sort of where it's like uh, the cops had to they had to become uh, become more than human to to face these new threats and in doing so they you know it it, it you know what does that say then about humanity that we needed to do this in like our world um and you know it doesn't really have a good answer to that <laughs> um narratively but uh, yeah i think it's still like um definitely so far the most entertaining of the of the black ops games that i've played which is three so far i have not played four because i don't think i don't know if there's a point because this is just multiplayer right yeah there's mostly um there's not much so, yeah so like uh, I mean, I was, uh, you know, this week I've been like, because I'm writing a piece about the series, and I play the first two or parts of them again, and kind of like just like so like f- just feel my way through the three games, and yeah, this one just like definitely is the most well put together in terms of uh, presentation, in terms of um, just like the pacing and um, and I think ease of approach where. Uh, it feels like it just feels like better tuned, better better tested, and um, and moment to moment is more more fun and engaging than the previous two were. Like I definitely miss the as weird as it say as weird as it sounds to say this, I miss some of the historical aspects of the first two, where you know mm-hmm. you're you're just hanging out with Savimbi because it's just so weird. <laughs> to insert that and like and it makes like such for such a dissonant and just m- remarkable gaming experience i mean which i'm sure is what they're going for where it's just like even if it's if you're incorporating it in just a pastiche mode it still just adds something to the game to just plop you next to manuel Nor- noriega and like uh in the middle of of panama or whatever um and and do and then this game taking away from that it, it definitely starts getting into like okay generic sci-fi world like you're on this like train things don't have that much connection to um as much connection to like the real world um and when they do there's 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 questionable (laughs) uh there's questionable questionable perspective Uh, for like for example like singapore is is just which we could get into like (laughs) 
um, the way that they talk about it is so cringy, like just kind of constantly referring to it as a shithole and like the animalistic nature of like the 54 um, immortals. And I mean, Egypt, there's a little bit more thought put into it, but it's still like, like you can like when the when the game starts like when it skirts again with reality with like real places then more of the more of its uh prejudices come through but like then it it has these the way that it then it also just like completely like swerves into this like totally unrelated lane of of science fiction and like um and questions of humanity and ai like where the main villain ends up not just mainly just being like a an, a a stateless um sentient ai like the one in uh ghost in the shell mm-hmm. um basically comes comes alive and starts controlling the and ends up being the puppet master behind the villain's motivations corvus um, uh <laughs> uh yeah that it it definitely like it, it it's it it splashes around in the in the pool of meaning you know of like what the game was going for uh which de- which definitely provide which definitely like uh provides for that feeling of confusion in terms of trying to follow its its plot and its themes but it it's fun and i like the i like the perks <laughs> some of them some of the perks yeah some of them are yeah um i like this game a lot this is the second time i played it and the first time I played it, I was the first time I went through it. It was like a lot of just like, wait, what? Like, what are they? What are they doing? And it just keeps going, and it's disorienting. And then playing it again, kind of knowing the basic shape of it, uh, it's still extremely disorienting. It feels like this game to me feels like someone um, I don't know if you read and watched and played a bunch of like cyberpunk and. And then we're forced to sit and play all the Call of Duties. And <laughs> then just like they just like, I don't know, dosed you with something and recorded your brain waves. This thing is just, there's something um, kind of like gnarly about it. It's, it's a, I think it follows proudly in the Black Ops lineage of being kind of gross and unsettling. Um, I think the stuff that, that you're mentioning about how, like, the 54 Immortals, I think that stuff is a, a big blemish on this game um, in, in the way that they kind of, like, parcel out uh, how brutality is inflicted in this game. And that's, like, a, a big linchpin of something that goes on when you, you find these people who have been uh, disfigured after death and blah, blah, blah. And we can, I think we should get into that later. Um, the thing that sticks out to me though from all of this game you play through it and it's just all this stuff being thrown at you um, but what I end up with and it always it it clarifies itself in that section where you uh, where the character uh, what's her name Hall or something yeah Starbuck um, Starbuck yeah <laughs> You uh, go into side. You go inside her head, like you stick a USB cable into her neck or something, and um, you essentially get taken on this tour of Call of Duty. Uh, this thing that's just like 
you know, the fourth wall is just sagging inward uh, <laughs> or outward, I guess, and, but it doesn't quite collapse. They still manage to make it in fiction, but this game feels to me like, well, that's the last Call of Duty. You've you've made this, you've contributed to this cultural behemoth for, you know, at that point, what, 15 years or something, and you've gotten to this point, you've kind of seen what this game series has become and you have this moment where this character is, you know, she's she's lying there bleeding to death in her, her uh, armed robot exosuit thing. And she's, you know, kind of losing her mind and she's not sure if it's because of this technology or because of, you know, the, this, the circumstances of being a soldier in this world and what she's being asked to do. and you know, some combination of the two, and she's dying, and you're going through her memories, and she's saying, hey, I used to be obsessed with uh, the Battle of the Bulge <laughs> in World War II, when America was like, look at these brave American soldiers, like, look at that. They fought through these impossible conditions, and they won, and she, and then you play it, and you're in her brain, you're shooting Nazis uh, in... I think it's Bastogne where it takes place and then she starts freaking out some more and then all of a sudden you're trapped in a house and the Nazi zombies start coming uh, through the through the windows and stuff and you're fighting them off um, and then later in the game you when you figure out what this Corvus thing is it's talking about how it was a piece of software designed to help you know when a terror attack was going to happen. It was like an early warning system, and, um, and and it took it took on a life of its own by studying humanity and trying to figure out what they needed. And so it like was a software that was engaged with how people thought about war, and then became this thing that just wanted to like destroy everyone. Um, and you have this like this really absurd big uh thing that's essentially being like man fuck call of duty <laughs> like like remember when we used to make world war ii games where we were trying to make this good versus evil thing and and like look where we are now where this this game is just like this this nightmare um and you know this we we are a part of this thing that we were maybe at one point naively thinking we were just observing um they're part of this this machine and I think the way that this game wraps up and uh, it's just so kind of like dour and disorienting and pessimistic is like the perfect end to the Black Ops games um, and they never and made another one well they made another <laughs> one and then I think I wrote about this for it was US Gamer or something and I was just like well it's if you're going to make Black Ops 4, yeah, just make it just multiplayer. Just make it that the future is all you do is just murder each other constantly. Like, there's no... <laughs> there's nothing else going on uh, really for the player other than just endless war with no point. Um, anyway, that's like that's kind of what I take away from this game. I think there's also a lot else going on in it that... Um, it's worth discussing though like 
I don't know. I no. I, I think. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say I think that <clears throat> you kind of yeah you're absolutely um, tapped into my experience of it there as well when you talked about the level where you um, incept or mind jack or whatever we're calling it the the Katie Sackhoff character and yeah it's it's like you were saying you know she's just completely overwhelmed by I think I think. That what's it, is it called the DNI or something the 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 little microchip yeah. that you know feeds you information live on the on the battlefield that's also you know um, twist on twist actually operated by this this malevolent Corvus thing and she's just yeah like you say overwhelmed by it and just you do you get that that kind of rush of Call of Duty esque imagery during that level and. Yeah, that was. I, th- I think, like you were saying, that was the moment where I, I, it kind of, it kind of clicked for me that whether the people who made the game realised it or not, this seemed like, like scream therapy for people who had been working on these things, or you know, who had been responsible for working on this game at least, uh, and the sort of image of you know all of these soldiers going mad because they've got all of these kind of contradictory and sort of. Um, these contradictory and um, indiscernible kind of intangible demands and orders being shouted at them all of the time felt like a, a quite a, a decent sort of metaphor for what it must be like, you know, serving the biggest game uh, franchise in the world. And but at the same time, I think that when when she dies or when you fight her or something, it's in a church and there's an image of her like on her knees being kind of like semi yeah. semi immolated with this big stained glass window behind her. So there's still this kind of very like tray archean call of duty and sense of self importance that you know we're we're um, kind of like sacrificing ourselves at the altar of the you know the stress or the the challenge of making this game and it's killing us but you know there's there's still that kind of reverential level of um imagery and and this like adoration almost um so that's why the the key word i think for me on this game is is kind of like manic it's manic it's a little kind of um like schizophrenic or like psychopathic it's got this incredibly Enlarged opinion of itself, and it's uh, you know, a lot of weight to throw around. And it's you know, it's kind of, it's really impressive. It is kind of so, like Yusuf was saying, so well presented and designed, and like it plays so much better than the other two games and things like this. It's really, really a very impressive kind of person who's also, you know, dying on the inside and and screaming at themselves. It's like. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where I, if, if this game were a person, it would go out and you know, drive like a really posh car and beat people up and, and be really intimidating and run a business, but then come home at night and, and cry and like scream at himself at the mirror and um, really, really struggle to get to sleep. It, it, it does feel like a, a really kind of lost soul a little bit, this game. Um, and then so I mean that's I think that's how it's expressed you know in the in the narrative and how it's expressed in some of the levels and, and the way it looks and stuff the way that for me that that comes across uh, when you play it is I think it's a game where more than any other Call of Duty so uh, have you done you've not done the Modern Warfare games yet have you do you start with Black Ops on this on this show and that's this is just episode 3 now in, in total right 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you for, for being such a, a big a fan. devout fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was what was your name again? Um, yeah. So I remember. Red. Uh, yeah, red, red, red McCarthy. Um, yep, that's me. Red McCarthy. That should, that should be your Call of Duty acronym. <laughs> um, Headshot by Red McCarthy. <laughs> I um I remember in like the Modern Warfare games. I think it was uh, particularly in the in Modern Warfare Two when, you know, you've got a huge kind of text box above soap or price or whoever saying follow and go here and whatever and it's kind of it's really driven and even though the plot is is very difficult to follow and and um you know not very well kind of written and not very well explained as like moment to moment playing it i think your sense of your objective is always quite communicated and quite clear to you in those games um some of that is still present in this one but i i still think that moment to moment in this game you feel lost like there's i think it was some of the levels in singapore where I was just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. I never it walked this really interesting line whereby in most games where I'm shooting and shooting and shooting, after a certain amount of time, it becomes you know quite numb and quite numbing. Whereas in this one, I think the more that I did it, the more I felt like I was engaging with something that I was supposed to engage with like it, it wanted this not exactly sense of being like deadened but this sense of like you know being being overwhelmed and being run through and being kind of exhausted but at the same time exhilarated and I, I thought that was just really interesting and again I'm not sure if it's a kind of happy accident because there are a lot of Call of Duty games where you shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and you know, the, the body count of a Call of Duty game I'd love to, I'd love to actually do it one day because I, I was playing the um, the remastered version of Modern Warfare 2 not that long ago, and you might remember the incredibly tasteful level in the in the Brazilian favela, where you're you know there's like guys like popping out of windows and like this kind of stuff, yeah. and it's just like you know just like mowing down all of these teenagers in football shirts in 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 um, I think it's in Rio and. Um, the amount it's nuts it's like Death Wish 3 when, when Charles Bronson is walking through like Harlem and this guy's like appearing on the roof and it's just like killing them one after another um, and whereas in that game it feels quite kind of distasteful uh, and in, in other Call of Duty games I think in Advanced Warfare I found it really just kind of like a drag in this one that act of just shooting and shooting and shooting and not really caring or being expected to not care who you were shooting um, it, it felt like it had some kind of like thematic significance, or or some. It, it said something about the people behind the game more than I think it ever has in a Call of Duty, and that that was interesting to me. The only other game, um, I think, where you know shooting and shooting and shooting is is kind of used to that effect would be um, something like Spec Ops, where you know it's like, oh, you know how 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 much of this can you take, like. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make you feel like you know you've got the thousand yard stare like you've got this 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 <laughs> kind of like you know uh, defeated and dead and sort of um, muted attitude towards war same as your character blah 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 whereas in in this one it was something was being done by this like endlessly repetitive act of just firing a gun at, at people but it felt it it felt new for the Call of Duty series it felt definitely new. Um, compared to a lot of other games, I don't know if that's a complete like wild card opinion or if anyone else felt like that. I mean, I would just say like uh, 
I, I do, I did feel that. Um, and I think part of it also is the fact that the enemies are not just human, right? They're also robots. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost this level of, at some point you can't tell the difference because you're just like shooting into these, these masses. Um, and maybe some of them are robots, some of them are human, but who the fuck cares? Like you're just, you just need to clear the, the room. Um, and it's all about this dehumanization that, that like this war is about dehumanization. Um, like your character is becoming dehumanized and then the, the combatants themselves are, you know, lack a certain humanity, uh, because they're so associated with robotics, with technology, um, and have so many proxies. Like it, it, there's like, there's much things feel like they're almost like from a further distance, um, than they would be like in another Call of Duty where like yeah like the Favelle is a good example where it, and even in other like you know there are definitely like parts like whenever the game like approaches like these real these these realer moments with like with human characters then that's when the distaste comes up more but mm-hmm. it's th- there's like an interest it's an interesting thing that happens when when it's more just like oh, a bunch of robots are coming like the, the whole kind of like replacing people with with zombies or using Nazis as stand-ins so players feel less bad about killing them like this is kind of you have some of that happening here also like with these tool sets where um, like I, I think I use like the Inferno the most which is just like blow up a robot and then eventually you can just blow up a person because they they all have grenades <laughs> so they just blow up the grenade on the person um, so then you could you could take them out from from super far away and not not even see them before before they die um, and there, there's that, I think, that detached aspect to it. I think also, I don't know if you guys felt this, but the main character, like the player character, like I feel like there was, com- there was some weird commentary going on with, with them because they're, they seem awful. They seem just like the worst. Yeah, I can like, tell the- that was the voice actor or... But I mean like the part... Or like how much was direction. Some of the writing, was- I mean... And when you when you first when you do the training and then um, there's the guy on the ground and and your pl- the player is like, who cares? He's a fucking terrorist. Um, oh and yeah. And this like yeah. throwaway line about like not act and always also being the one who's always really ready to, to scan everybody's brains, just like no hesitation. Like let me please like they're like hold me back, hold me back. I need to I need to scan this person's <laughs> brain. I can't wait to scan this person's brain and torture them and, and turn them into brain dead. Uh, I guess mush, like this, like the player, like the player character. I guess um, there, there's this element of like, I mean, like it, they toy a little bit with it with the dehumanization of it, and I think it could have they could have taken it further in some interesting ways. Just the fact that it, like, it's just so weird calling this character a player, um, mm-hmm. and then there's, there's a part like toward the end of the game when they. Seem to they undergo some kind of surgery <laughs> that makes them more robotic, even though they look the same. Um, and then uh, the weird platonic love interest, um, this the C- CIA handler, uh, Kane, is mm-hmm. uh, like, "Don't do this! Like, if you do this mission, we can't be together." And then they're like, "I got to do it." Um, and and then something there's some uh, trans some dialogue that happens where the where the player is just like. Don't you know me? It's me. And then, but you're like, this person has no character. <laughs> this is not a person. This is not a character that can be known, because they they don't have a, a personality or a backstory. Um, and then like the way that, and then finally when the game ends and like you get out of the simulation, and then like you run into one of the the Zurich soldiers and they're just like, 
Who are you? <laughs> like, I felt like it was kind of, like, um, there was, like, a bit of an attempt to, like, to explore what it means to be the, in, the, in this very spec-opsy spec sort of way, uh, this, this, um, this, like, inv this invading presence in this world, like, the player being this detached third party that's controlling this character, and then like really amorally approaching the world where every enemy every, you know there's no question about shooting the enemies partially because everything is distorted through the lens of of um artificiality and, and robotics but also because it's a fucking video game mm. see sorry did i just cut someone off i felt like someone was just about no. to say something no 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 sorry. just uh yeah go for it i think that um in that for me the worst part of a game like spec ops the line is when it kind of you know, spins the camera around to look at you as, as it were and says like you know why, why did you do this because the answer is like well I wanted to complete the game that I bought and that you made <laughs> um, and all of that kind of what does it mean to commit X act you know morality systems or, or any kind of any kind of like player blaming behaviour in any game is, sure. is pretty much a um, that's it it's a pass for me then it's, it's just dead on arrival but what I think you get in this one I'm not because I'm not I'm not entirely sure that it ever comes down the game ever comes down on any sort of judgment um, about who has done what or who is responsible for what like the characters within the narrative or you know in a kind of fourth wall postmodern sense. To me, like the the whole confusion between because like that soldier at the end says, you know, who are you? And and the guy replies or the the, the woman replies, uh, Taylor. Which is, you know, the identity of one of the other guys from the from the team because he's had that like amalgamated into him now because of too much, you know, too, too much jacking. Um, and, Jack too deep. Yeah, exactly. So and and there's just there's so many kind of layers upon layers upon layers of identity here of like now you're in this person's brain, this person's brain, this person's brain. Now it's the AI. Now it's the the DNI. Now it's this and this and this. Um, for me, like that that worked in the sense of this this kind of presentation of like a kind of gestalt amalgamated conflictive um, mindset personality etc again it feels to me like an expression of you know you want us to make another Call of Duty game well what the fuck do you want now you know do you want more multiplayer is it got to be sci-fi are we doing historical are we doing present day do you want politics or no politics you know there's so many things now that when you, when you say Call of Duty to somebody when it first came out, when it was like um, you know the original Call of Duty, it was just like World War Two. You know, it was it was Medal of Honor, you know, alternative. Now, if I say Call of Duty, fuck me, it's like zombies, it's multiplayer, it's it's modern, historical, contemporary, futuristic. Uh, it's a battle royale. It's microtransactions. It's like accompanying films, celebrity cameos. It's just fucking nuts. Like it's. And they, the, the interesting thing is that whereas I think often you know a franchise is expressed through you know there'll be a, like, was that, everyone here is old enough to remember like when Men in Black came out. Men in Black is the first experience I think I ever had of like you know a franchise where it's like the summer of Men in Black because you had 
you know the film. <laughs> yeah. You had the film. You had like the toys in the Happy Meal. They did an animated series. Had the Will Smith. You had the song. Had the Will Smith music video. You had the music video. <laughs> he dances with the alien. He dances with the alien, which they get off screen as quickly as they can because you can tell that, <laughs> that rendering that thing is costing like fifty grand a frame or something. So there's this really there's this really funny bit where it just it just leaves. Like it doesn't dance off, it doesn't like finish, it just walks away. <laughs> because like the computer that was processing it is obviously like, on fire and there's some poor like film executive there looking at like a, a printout of costs and it's like get that get that fucking thing off the screen. But you know, a franchise is typically like all of this different stuff. With Call of Duty it feels like it's all of that, but every year just in one video game. So it's mm-hmm. it's that that to me felt like where a lot of of that stuff about you know identity and who is player and who is you know the good and the bad and where are we and whose mind are we in and is this real or is this not that's to me what that is expressing this sense of you know what is Call of Duty now in the same way that you know I don't think it's very easy to explain I'm trying to think like another example um, of maybe like a game franchise or even a film franchise where it's hard to kind of connect what it is now to you know what it was originally if anyone can think of one i think that'd help but i, I can't myself i feel like there are some where it's just become final completely. fantasy yeah built in yeah kind of yeah final Fa- i think resident evil actually as well is one yeah. where you know it's definitely nothing near the size of call of duty but in terms of like conflicting identity these days it's first person it's third mm. person it's co-op it's online it's not it's horror it's action um and that, that, I think in, in the year that Black Ops 3 came out, that seemed to be one of the things that um, that I, I must have been personally kind of interested in was watch. Because this was like, this was when it felt like every game was becoming an open world game. Every game was becoming, you know, the one game that you have to buy for the whole year. And we're not offering an escape from reality anymore. We're now offering an alternative to reality. And... Black Ops 3 feels yeah like quite a kind of singular expression of that of there's just so much now and it can be anything that you want it to be and there's something about that that is kind of spectacular and impressive but also insane and maddening and just sort of impossible to define and hang on to that's that's why well the the thing I would say about that too and I agree with that I also think though that this this game is so much informed by uh, direct lineage. Like I, I think this is like the true. Like a, a it's extremely referential, right? The, to me, the, there might be a version of this game that works um, if you still have the same kind of like insistence on disorientation and um, just sort of clockwork oranging the player, you know, with plot points and alternate future or alternate reality and and sci-fi future stuff um but to me like so much of this game is is like you when you say it it's like all this <laughs> it's like an entire uh franchise or something like stuffed into a, a single game a single year uh release i i think also this game though is well understood as the third Black Ops game and also mm-hmm. when you play it in 2015 as the the most recent Call of Duty and I would argue like kind of the the apex of the series 
in in terms of its you know in terms of stories at least or, or its place in culture. Um, I think it's been everything after this one to me has felt like a um, a series in in search of its identity again. You see that, that um, that's really interesting because the one that came out after this was Infinite Warfare and no you know that was quite badly which, received, wasn't it? People didn't go for that one as much. I think some people like it. I I would have I, to play it again. I would love to talk about it again. That game to me seemed like the most I think was the most chilling Call of Duty in in terms of propaganda at the end of it. See, um, I remember really liking it. But I I do also remember people kind of bemoaning, you know, oh, you're now in fucking space, like this is going a bit far and um I seem to remember that the reception to it was kind of cooler than than before. Obviously, if we do an episode on that one, that it will come up then. But what what happens at the end that's so grim about it? I forget. If I remember right, and I guess leave time right here in case <laughs> people are I don't know if you're playing and you want to haven't played that one I've been meaning to. I'm going to talk about the end of the game. I am. <laughs> Who can make a, a clack sound beep, noise? Beep, <laughs> beep. Um, at the at the end of the actually, Yusuf, have you played it? No, I don't care. You can tell me. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, at I'll the end okay. of the game, you the player character has to uh, sacrifice himself. He's in like the future Marines or something. Um, if I butcher this, I'm sorry. I'll play the game again. If it flips my <laughs> yeah. opinion, I'll, I'll, how dare I'll how dare you do disservice to the plot of Call of Duty: <laughs> Infinite Warfare? You're in, you're in shaky ground, Reed. Yeah. You better tread carefully. Um, I hope you know your Latin. <laughs> at the end of the game, the main character nobly sacrifices himself. Um, in in who this American space soldier, I think, to defeat. Uh, John Snow, Space John Snow, who is the terrorist villain, <laughs> and um, he he uh, goes into this like airlock and gets burned, or it's it's like almost like a solid snake Metal Gear Solid Four kind of thing of this incredible self sacrifice that you know he has to throw a toggle and it's killing him or something, um, and then the game ends and it's. Um, like this sort of ecstatic like like the vision of the mm, gods mm. Has, has come into the heads of every other character in the game from seeing this and it's this like uh yeah like ecstatic celebration of of uh martyrdom uh, nationalist martyrdom and i think it ends with showing all these portraits of those killed in service in the game wow. and somber music is playing and so to me that's that game was like yeah, so much true. like but I mean, black ops 3 where it's like it's do you think like, that all these games are doing this though like if, i mean well i i do but i think i feel like black at, ops definitely is very much a game like a series dedicated to soldiers over anything else like it's anti-ideology right. it's anti-government but it's always the, the pro soldier like the the like especially this game with like soldiers um, literally giving up their body in the service of of I guess some uh, some na- nature of peace, like they may not totally martyr themselves, but they kind of are. But I would say I think in this one too, 
I think the game strongly makes the case by the end of it that the soldier who does that is is a patsy. You know, they're or or they're naive or or foolish to be doing that kind of thing because they are in this one quite literally like selling their body and soul. Like even at the yeah. end of it, they're screaming about their souls and everything. And wait, which one? About how the, in in Black Ops Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. You know because they and the her- they can't even tell who they are anymore. Yeah. Um, the heroic moment I think at the end of this game is actually when he like disconnects from the DNI and you get you know the white rabbit, the Jefferson airplane track. Um, mm-hmm. Is that what he does at the end? Well, it's just... supposed to be, and then it's pessimistic, and it's well, it's know. like before. I mean, it's like the semi. It's like a penultimate moment, right? Where he like kind of removes his DNI, and then later he comes, but he com- He's still. He's still in it. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I I know what you mean like, and I think there is a big distinction between what Infinite Warfare does, where it is purely jingoistic, and it's like this is a good thing. This soldier gave up their life for their country, and you know, period. But I do think like something I'm. I mean, it's definitely something that I'm really focusing on because I think it's mainly what I'm how I'm approaching these games and trying to like put them into a like larger framework. Is is like this at the same time complete? Um, yeah, this cynicism and nihilism uh, uh, directed at at um, like the the Cold War and everything that followed it, right? Because like mm-hmm. like this game, the third game, um, in that uh, Battle of the Bulge moment is pining for that moment when there was this that Schmidian com, um, dichotomy between good and evil and there was uh, the American soldiers could f- was like, the last time they could be like enthusiastically celebrated uh, which was how the Call of Duty game started and you know from the modern warfare period on it be, you know everything uh, I think complexity and nuance starts entering it not in any not necessarily in any consistent or like necessarily productive way, but like you can't, yeah, you can't start approaching the the, the post um, Gulf War period in any way that is that's not like slightly questioning what the fuck we're doing, yeah. and I think that's still, but but what's interesting about it is like the way all three games are like are like I think very much focused on like. They still lionize the, the the soldiers who are who are sacrificing, even if they're sacrificing for nothing. That's what's interesting about them. Like, it it still like shows the the futility of their efforts. Like the first game, like everything that you try and do in the first game, especially in the third game, reveals how useless it was because Nova Six still gets out. <laughs> like the the main yeah. doomsday weapon of the first game, they're just like, oh, here's some Nova Six. Like this this corporation has has co opted it. And is yeah. now spreading it into um, they put uh, that Singa- Singapore. Like, yeah, just a f- knife. exactly. And it's, and in the second game, obviously, um, you spend half the game trying to stop a terrorist, and the, who then succeeds anyway. And um, and in the third game, you're playing kind of in the in the graveyard of of all of the previous like generations' hopes and dreams. And and it's extremely pessimistic and nihilistic, but. It's interesting to me that the the one beacon that it holds onto is the purity of 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 the fighting force. Like in the second game, like the the marketing material is that is Frank Woods being like, only we could do this. Like you know, like uh, like the government's stupid and shitty, but also it needs us to do this. And then in a in the third game, um, you have uh, you have the whole sequence. With tit with uh, Christopher Maloney, eyeballing you and, and saying, uh, 
uh, with through even though you know in, in regard like even though all this technology like is is really awesome it doesn't matter because it's about like human like the human mind and the soul mind and the, the mind of the soldier um and so you know you, like these it, it's very like postmodern and anti anti ideological but it's still like and i think nothing exemplifies it more than the battle of the bulge moment a game that pines for like a lost like a lost ideology because that is like where i think like you know Oliver Stone we talked about last episode big consultant on the second game not like, Oliver Stone uh, Oliver North or Oliver North <laughs> not, not the uh... I've... <laughs> thanks, thanks for the correction thanks Stone for the correction <laughs> that would have been much better I mean not that much better but good enough it'd be different <laughs> it'd be different it'd be really different but like I was thinking about it a lot where it's like you know, where the conflict was there it's like you know like yeah, this guy's like a right-wing asshole who 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 um, who gives talking head moments on Fox News, but also like what it, like he made this game, and this game is not necessarily like, a, like it's not something that would like fit easily into Fox News, like because it's not like a purely jingoistic like pro-U.S. pro-everything sentiment. I think it's it's there's a bit there's a more like there's like a more it's it is not hopeful or and, and it's not. Um, and it's not purely patriotic. It's actually like this death cultish um, embrace of of the chaos of of the of the modern military age, which is like an, an aimless and directionless system where we built up this massive military to fight an enemy that no longer exists. Uh, tried to then convert it into a police, a global police force. Um, and none of that has like yielded positive results. And at the same time, the military is also like is being taken over by corporate interests um, mm-hmm. in terms of technology. Uh, and through all of this, like, there's still I think I think the game refuses to like abandon <laughs> the uh, that that's that forgotten Spartan um, as the as the sole remaining hero of the enterprise. I think that's true. I I, I agree with that. I think that um, there are times when. Like typically, I think the Call of Duty games are are right wing and and kind of pro war in a, in a sort of you know means to an end way. I think with the Reed, you and I did an episode of the the mainline Bullet Points podcast about the 2019 modern warfare, and what yeah. what we talked about was although the game kind of represents these you know kind of morally dubious actions being performed. Uh, on behalf of the of the soldiers, um, it will then cut to a scene where they discuss that morality and what they always usually come down on. I think there's a line from the from the Price character who says, "You know, we get we get our hands dirty so the world don't don't have to." Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah, Yusuf and I were talking about that on the, uh, or I was mentioning that. Yeah, Yusuf. Yeah. So I think that that bears out exactly what Yusuf was just saying that. You know, war or ideology or governments or you know the kind of um, real politic of of conflict might be presented in a in a vaguely um, like a, a ambivalent or ambiguous way, but the soldiers are always presented as like you know valorous and and um, protecting and and sacrificial, and I think that that's true in in Black Ops Three as well. Um, but I do think that the one thing that separates maybe this one from um, not from necess- definitely from Black Ops One, and uh, to a lesser extent, 
to Black Ops 2, but certainly separates it from something like last year's Modern Warfare and separates it from the other two, you know, the, or the other three Modern Warfare games. Is that I think to an extent, to a great extent, this one seems not that bothered about kind of Western or military or American or modern ideology or the ethics of warfare or or whatever and I don't mean like not that bothered in that sort of you know tokenistically mentioning it but swerving around never really going into it I I mean legitimately not that interested this feels to me like um, more than more than the other Call of Duty games that I mentioned one where um, yeah like like ideology or or pro or anti-war doesn't really come into it there's still that that sort of pro soldier thing but um that almost to me starts to feel even more kind of i was about to say trivial i don't mean trivial but it, it starts to feel even more disconnected from reality or even more disconnected from ideology than that where it becomes not so much even like pro soldier it almost starts to feel pro call of duty protagonist like what? What the games are always defending is just is just the person that you play in the game, right? Um, which is a line you can kind of trace from when the guy dies by nuclear bomb in the original Modern Warfare. You know, through all of them, like the, all of the protagonists are, are presented, and it's like it's protagonists no matter who you play as, I think as well. So, you know, in that one you die when you're a soldier. In the in the next one in Modern Warfare Two, the guy who dies and has to sacrifice himself is an ex-soldier now CIA agent. In Modern Warfare Three, you're you're just a civilian. In uh, I, I think there's also a bit where you die playing as one of the Russian president's bodyguards or something like this. You know, I I just just as a side note. You do that character death thing in the original Modern Warfare, everyone's like, oh, that's a bold statement, and the response is to then do it in every single game thereafter. <laughs> it's like it's like when they did that one kind of like psychedelia sequence in Far Cry 3, yeah. um, <laughs> which I still maintain is one of the worst games ever made, and then it comes up in every... Even in Far Cry Primal, you know, set like... <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of years before the sort Licking of toad. yeah, the, the before the synthesization um, of, of psychedelic drugs, it still happens anyway. Um, yeah, so what was I saying? It, it, it feels like yeah, on the one hand, yeah, completely disconnected from ideologies in the way that uh, a lot of the others, mostly m- m- probably most of the others, are not. It does feel still pro-soldier, but even kind of smaller than that, and even more kind of like self-interested maybe than that. It just feels like you know pro Call of Duty. Hero, um, which is maybe read why why the, the the end of Infinite Warfare didn't kind of hit me in the same way that it did you because when I was watching it, it seemed to me like um, like a kind of mawkish, sentimental like death scene for a Marvel hero again like using that 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 focus point or um, when they do like I'm trying to think of another example when they do those kind of like when Darth Maul pops up in Solo. Or something, and it's like, oh wow, it's oh my god, it's Darth Maul, or, or oh we've got Princess Leia back in Rogue One, even though it's some fucked up, really terrifying digital version. But you're meant to be like in awe of it, you know. It's kind of like being at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Um, it, it feels more to me like that. Like this game and in Infinite Warfare, it's not that there's so much pro soldier. It's just like pro. It loves itself. It's just kind of oh you know, aren't our characters? Don't you? Didn't you love our characters? Robot Man and 
other robot man and <laughs> player and player oh what a player. what a great time it was to hang out with this team and you can actually see that kind of bear out as well in uh titanfall 2 which is you know kind of made by some of the people who were originally involved in call of duty titanfall 2 earns it a lot more because some of those characters actually are quite you know kind of enjoyable um, mm-hmm. but yeah I think that the, the Black Ops 3 for me it has an, an infinite warfare which I'm sure we'll get onto in the future no pun intended is that um, yeah it just it, it likes its characters and it wants you to like them as well even though it doesn't do anything to earn it it just kind of like wants to establish them as as um, people that you should kind of follow and, and, and be bothered about um, I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth too much I'll save it I'll, I'll save putting my foot in my mouth until I play it again but uh, the thing at the end of Infinite Warfare I think was it was it was a bit more like um, sort of the war on terror in space mm-hmm. and and your American characters and I think that's why the ending of it was a little bit more <laughs> joined today you know give your life for the country for your country um, in the future as well, which just seemed like a disappointing kind of uh, vision of the future after this one, which um, whatever else you want to say about it is is a nightmare. It's a it's a no. It's, it's a really it's a very confusing like and and like just like the idea that we're still going to be doing this <laughs> in twenty sixties. I think you stick your nose in Cold War research for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's hard to... It's like the Metal Gear thing. Uh, the same thing with, like... And I think if you're going to think a lot about war, um, especially... No, if you're going to think about a lot about war, and I think you, you're kind of going back to... You know, history there is no starting point, but say you just want to pick World War Two, or you can pick World War One and kind of go from there and, and just have you know this big twentieth uh, century earth-shattering uh, wars, and kind of look at those as the origins of of where we are now. I mean, obviously you need to know a lot about what came before, but you do that and you follow what happened with the Cold War and any shred of like just anything you could hold on to, um, <laughs> vis-a-vis, you know, you, you can look at. I think, and it's it's incredibly worthwhile to look at um, the the war crimes committed by Allied forces in World War II. But at the same time, you're saying uh, you you look at um, the European theater and you're thinking, well, look at what they were stopping. You know, at the end of the day, fascism is is something that needs to be stamped out. You follow that trajectory into where we end up, um, you know, let's say 2015 for this, which actually is good for Metal Gear as well, because I think I think Phantom Pain was 2015. And you have these series that kind of looked at the Cold War as the beginning of where their characters kind of identified themselves and where they can trace the, you know, the the genesis of, of all these different views on war and, and where we're going and you kind of end up with something that's like hopeless mm-hmm. like yeah no you, it's it's exponentially worse 
And it's like, if you like follow the plot of the like that like a mathematical sine curve to the you know if the game's followed like that that exponential curve, like it's just like you keep if it's gonna keep having cold wars it's gonna you're I mean to the extent where like meaning like actual like the cold war the original cold war being about the the war of ideologies is so quickly abandoned. <laughs> Like oh, with yeah, even the yeah. second the second Cold War and the second game being just like uh, China something I don't know <laughs> like it's not well, about I mean, China being communist it's just about uh, uh, wrestling over power which of course they all are but like it's interesting to see how quickly that that ideological framework is is shed. Well, and you I know and you look at I mean we live in I think uh, broadly like sort of a post patriotic world. I mean, not to say that, that patriotism doesn't exist, but the idea that if you, you it's, you're going to have a harder time defending, saying, why are you going to war? Uh, well, we're going to war for God and country, you know, like a, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not, that's not a good enough reason, really. Like it needs to have a, a, a greater reason, which I think is sort of World War II um, kind of stems from uh, propaganda of the time but you look at like where we are now and it's like yeah we 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 are just in another splintering of it's like almost like we've reverted to the turn of uh, the beginning of the 20th century like it's just empire you know and I think when you look at we haven't learned lessons from the 20th century in the first half of the 20th century. It's just things repeat, but also people are better at killing each other and technology makes things a lot more frightening. The scale of ways you can uh, manipulate people and, and, and enable killing. And then also like black ops games, I think is good to throw in the idea that also the world is, is falling apart around us. Uh, the natural world is falling apart around us too. Which I did. I did think we should talk about briefly. I know we don't have that much more time, but just the fact that like this game has so, has so much trademarks of climate change and doesn't ever name it like by well, name. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> they're yeah, never that's like. True. It's like there's all these super storms uh, that are in the way just because. I guess it's just this thing. Don't worry, the super storm. Uh, like, but there's not, almost, like, any exploration of that. But isn't that almost like you look at, like, Blade Runner, uh, the Denny Villeneuve one, where mm-hmm. it's, like, seawalls and grub farms and Las Vegas is, like, just this n- nuclear-irradiated wasteland. And it's like, well, how much of that do you need to explain? How much of it is just, like, obviously this is this is where we're going if things don't change I for me I I, I kind of don't I don't trust Call of Duty that much just because <laughs> just because uh, and again I think we had this conversation last year when we talked about Modern Warfare where you play those levels um, as the I can't remember her name now but the oh the, she's like the Peshmerga stand in yeah that's Peshmerga. right yeah the, the character from generic Middle East to stand um, yeah and you play the levels where she's a child and 
no one, despite everything, despite people wearing hijabs, despite like things on the walls, no, right. no, yeah, yeah. no one ever says the word Muslim. No one ever says the word <laughs> Islam. Like her father's yeah. dying words to her are not like the Shahada or anything like that. Her father's dying words are uh, never back down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Yes, you don't know, you don't know that saying? That's a classic Muslim saying? Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's, um, it's like in the Quran, page two. That's one of the hadiths, yeah. <laughs> no, you, yeah. Like, that's fair. I mean, this kind of circles back to, like, our Reagan conversation, too, Yusuf. In the I mean, yeah. One of these where it's like, how much can you expect and how much do you want your art or entertainment or anything to expect the player or viewer or reader to like just know like how, how much are you willing to say you're a person in the world you should mm-hmm. know these things i will say i'm very i like i watched more of the i mean i watched a trailer when it first came out for, for cold cold war and I, then i went back and I've, i rewatched all the stuff um and i'm i'm pretty excited <laughs> to like play yeah. this fucking game because it really feels like it is such a return to ideology and to like, mm-hmm. uh, like really doubling down, in a way that none of the other games really ever did. In terms of, the Cold War is about the evils of communism, is about things that you should be afraid of. Um, we have been infiltrated. We, you know, our values are under attack. <laughs> like, Which, the, like <laughs> yeah. What a thing also to put out for this you know especially for like an an American audience especially at this moment in time where it's like hey there's a nice bipartisan issue is (laughs) being terrified that your government is being subverted by (laughs) you know it's like refuse to look inward no it's it's uh it's Russians or it's China who are who are manipulating one side or the other right like that's the only thing that could make sense for why uh, <laughs> why Donald Trump is president? Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know why I'm excited about that. It sounds going to be s- terrible, but I think like after playing these games and like especially playing three, which really does like like we've talked about, um, it it catapults into the stratosphere in terms of connection to to old politics or to like to to politics. Like it, it really just like there is stuff there. There's a lot of stuff there, but. It's, it's so unmoored from the 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 I think generally one would say uglier part of what, of what Black Ops trades in, and then mm-hmm. um, seeing the this Cold War installment come in like guns blazing, just being like mask off, baby. Let's let's come back to what, to what Black Ops is all about. Is gonna be. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. <laughs> They showed some uh, some footage of your black ops soldiers trying to interfere with the uh, hostage exchange. Uh, that's like, I guess, a fictional part of the Iranian hostage crisis. Oh my god! Dude. So we're uh, <laughs> we're going there. I don't know. Yeah, like to me, the thing is, these games, like I've always said, and Ed. I know you and I have talked about this too, so it's not just Yusuf and I, but like these games, there's more to talk about than is talked about, I think, consistently in them. I think there's always 
stuff that needs to get unpacked um, from these things. I can, um, I can safely say that the uh, this is honestly true that the concept of a new Call of Duty game um, uh, is never I've never been bored by it every time like every year I am like yeah I'm, I'm definitely playing that um, and it might be because yeah like just out of like sheer morbid curiosity or it might be because yeah I think that there is it's always there's always something to talk about like I'm so glad that I bought and played Modern Warfare last year just so I could see what they did with the highway of death scene oh my god you know like you just you have to be there you've got to you've got to be there for that (laughs) it's I don't know I think these things are they are it's like if Hollywood fucking put out every every July um the new political War thriller, hell yeah! America, American, American Sniper one through twenty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's just the thing is like just what what is going on? What what? That's, what that's, I mean, that's what is <laughs> so interesting. It is also why it's so worth talking about because, like, the same as with uh, with America's military, like this organization that you know most intellectuals don't talk about because it's so embarrassing. Um, that is Call of Duty. It is like this huge chunk of the market of games. It's like probably like, you know, some outsized chunk of the pie in terms of like all total game revenue per year. And it's it's a black sheep in in terms of like being written about online because because the plots are so ridiculous, because they're often so often because it so often um sinks into raw jingoism and, and just ugly um, prejudices and, and bigoted like uh, imagery that is barely mentioned outside of like um, or you know mentioned by a, uh, by an uh, off camera NPC somewhere that then somebody has to dig up like it's it's it is like this badge of shame for <laughs> for uh, for games as in the same way that it's a badge of shame for like American citizens because we well, just I mean, can't we can't face it and then every I mean every well-known games writer or personality or something plays these things and then they just talk about the multiplayer and it's like come on we gotta everyone's playing this thing everyone's talking about it and these things are selling like crazy and have been for like 20 years now like this is like it or not uh, something that needs to be reckoned with I think often I don't know. Yeah, it's like so, the, it's like the loud uncle at the party who's just like spouting off Fox <laughs> News rhetoric, and you're what's just he like talking about this Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're just like, okay, what do you got to say? <laughs> Gonna sit, hear him, hear him out, hear him out. Oh, it's, it's just as racist as ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, back back to the back to the dip. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and there's also I think maybe. Uh, it was you, Yusuf, right? You were saying that like you kind of missed in this one missed maybe in quotation marks um the historical figures showing up yeah yeah i think like there's something just like so um uncanny about it that yeah it, it just really it, it sets them apart from like most shooters where like where this one like where this one is hurt by that is that it starts to feel like generic in terms of like the aesthetic and the setting 
um, mm. and then when and like so this automatically lended cachet by, by like by by p- putting you into the into these historical settings I think well yeah it was uh, so the Forrest Gump effect yeah I mean there's they're also big Spielberg the fans Treyarch oh of course <laughs> they love War Horse that's gonna be the <laughs> Call of Duty 2023 is gonna be a War Horse game hell yeah um, Horse with Guns I was gonna say though too that I uh, you know I don't want to make this the whole it's all kind of damning with with faint praise but also you get a lot of video games that want to tell you how important they are at at, uh, handling real world issues and they won't say uh, the name of the leader of a country you know they won't and and that was part of the problem with modern warfare last year with the the fake middle eastern country and uh the the fake like the the non-religious uh freedom fighters and all this stuff when these games at least have the kind of basic it's like it's such a video game thing but the basic willingness to say hey that person right there is ronald reagan he was Mm -hmm. the president of the u.s at at this time period yeah Uh, this mission is taking place during the iran hostage crisis it's in you know, we're going to Turkey in this mission. It's That's like, a good point. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because like I was watching some of the um, E3, or the fake E3 stuff, whatever, uh, where there there's a multiplayer level in like a 80s Miami, um, and they're really gushing over the aesthetics because video games love them some 80s aesthetics, some mm-hmm. neon, and but they're but then that game is also saying to give you this, we also are going to bring Reagan. <laughs> like you can't have this aesthetic without. Without a digital Reagan telling you to do war, to do war crimes, and that's kind of that's kind of like there's a certain honesty to that that a lot of what games don't of, have. Yeah, it's like you, I don't know. Like most video games are Stranger Things, being like here's the '80s, and there's no context to it whatsoever. You know, whereas yeah. at least here, like you're not always going to like where the trail leads, but at least they're going to say, hey, this this is a product of the world we live in which should not be a big thing to ask for, but is, I think, kind of unexpected in games, you know, that that you'll actually hear about the world we live in rather than pretend it's that video games exist in this strange fantasy land hmm. that we're also supposed to think is incredibly relevant and important to our daily lives. Um, anyway. Buy, buy Call of Duty Cold War, everybody. <laughs> Should we do the Activision ad now, or I think they wanted mm-hmm. it halfway through, so <laughs> maybe we should insert that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it later in edits. We'll just let's add the sidebar, the banner to the uh, website. You know, where we, <laughs> yeah. where you scroll down and like three quarters of the website is an ad. This is pre-order now. Yep. Um, is there anything else we want to get to in in this? Uh, I think. Ed, yeah, my 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 time my time is kind of up. Yeah, so. I know you live. Ed lives in the future, so it's <laughs> it's much later than it is here on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, and I have an incredible. You know, I I'm the CEO of like several multinationals, <laughs> so my time is really yeah. really pushed. Um, yeah, that's why we yeah. had to take the Activision deal so we could afford this yeah. Ed appearance. Right, well, I, I yeah, uh, I mean, it, well, I actually run Activision. I'm actually the CEO and 
<laughs> That's why he loves to play Call of Duty games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was on here to promote the latest one because it's, it's kind of. I'm still waiting for it to kind of like break out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's always to help another uh, independent mm. creator uh, anytime. Thanks, man. <laughs> Uh, I think the the last thing I wanted to say before uh, I was going to say tossing off to both of you, but I think in nice. British English, nice, so a, yeah, that does that. You don't <laughs> you don't want to say that. You don't want to say that. No, uh, I like in this one uh, one uh, aspect of the CIA that I think is interesting is that the CIA page in your in-game Wikipedia replacement in this has an ad uh, for CIA Kids Zone. It's kids with a Z. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you can you can mm-hmm. go and learn facts about uh, <laughs> the atrocities of the CIA uh, in the kids zone. That's um, on, that's onion level, level satire, bro. Is that uh, is that atrocities with a Z at the end as well? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. Any any final thoughts, Ed? Uh, no, I feel like I've I I spoke quite a lot, and I've uh, I've said what I wanted to say roughly about Black Ops Three. Uh, Yusuf, do you have anything you wanna? No, I mean, I, I uh, stay tuned for my for my article. I have I have a where I steal all of your ideas. I have a crush on on <laughs> Katie Sackoff if she's listening. Uh huh. You know she, yeah. she is. She's a patron. She, she can hack my DNI anytime. <laughs> oh, oh you know, I I will <laughs> the one thing I will add in her moment. One of the other reasons why her virtual thing is good. Is it creates a narrative justification for the zombies? Very clever. Oh yeah, very that's true. Very clever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's no longer extra textual. It is now well, incorporated into the world. Uh, yeah, she can she can contextualize my mini game <laughs> <laughs> any day of the any any quarter of the release cycle. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's. I just I just referred to my penis as as mini game. That's not good. I should call it. I was thinking Memorpiga, massively multiplayer online role-playing game, baby. That's that's what. That's right. That's the good. That's the one. <laughs> not overcompensating in any way. Not at all. Not at all. Oh man, I'm not going to go down this road. I'm not going to start making jokes about baby. You're giving me. A, no, you're, I, you're giving, I was thinking. You're giving me an expansion pack. I'm not going to do it. I'm not games as a service yeah <laughs> um, okay all right let's let's wrap this thing up <laughs> yeah uh here uh ed mm. i guess like you're not no pr- promote your silent hill writing um silent hill I'm, I'm like anxious to do i'm a little anxious to do that just because you know the the sort okay of, don't then the right <laughs> Forget it then. Forget it. I mean, it I'm not gonna. Sorry. I'm not gonna force you if to it, promote yourself. If it's a problem for you, Ed, I was just trying to be nice. But no, fuck you. Look at that. You try to do someone a favor, and they throw it back in your face. Um, I'll promote it with a disclaimer that the 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 publication of it is sporadic. Um, but if you if you go to follow, just follow me on Twitter. I've, I've changed the, the the name now to. White noise, which with with a Z, <laughs> kids own style. Uh, white noise dreams, and there you can see all of the updates. I'm I'm slowly writing in very in in serial form a book about Silent Hill 2, but it's not really about Silent Hill 2. It uses that as a framework to also talk about 
nightmares and being kind of mentally unhealthy and confused and sexual dysfunction and a variety of um, light-hearted and enjoyable topics. So you can either go to restlessdreamsbook.com or yeah, follow me on Twitter, White Noise Dreams. Find, find it on said. find it on Kidzone. Yeah, find it on Kidzone. <laughs> Um, and that that because... that in theory is released every week a new chapter in practice because <laughs> life goes on um, <laughs> unremittingly so uh, it, it's kind of like every fortnight maybe every two or three weeks but yeah you can find it all online it goes uh, uh, Proust and then uh, was it Nosgard mm-hmm. his, his first name I read the first one of those and then Ed Smith these are the long winded uh, examinations of every topic on the author's mind. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, a, a truly modern work centers it loosely around a video game. I mean, I I have often you know regarded. I've often thought, I've often said to my fiance, you know what? I feel like I'm a bit like Marcel Proust, <laughs> and she yeah she'll say yes you are, and I'm <laughs> I'm you are I'm lucky to be with you to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She says that, right? Yeah. She says your your words will endure forever. <laughs> yeah, our our love is fleeting and transient, but your words, <laughs> the world needs to hear them. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, actually, useless words are are good. <laughs> Yusuf, what do you want to promo real quick as we wrap this thing up? Um, just just on Twitter, you know, find me on Twitter at you me you. Um, I'm writing stuff here and there. We j- I just we just I just wrote a piece last week for this old site bullet points about Spirit Fair, and um, you should you know you should read bullet points. Yeah, if you're you he- if you're here and you're not reading it, what's up with that? Yeah, it's something's wrong I with you. I think the the written word usually is better form of communication than. But you know, to also uh, listen to our podcasts. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, obviously, yeah. Bullpointsmonthly.com. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, though, I bet Yusuf's article on uh, the the blop blopendium will be out or almost out. Hopefully, we'll see. You know, yeah. I've, I you know the editor has not seen the draft yet, so <laughs> I'm really putting my eggs in in the basket. Yeah, imagine it got killed. Boy, would that be embarrassing for you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for speaking. Thanks for speaking that into the into the world. <laughs> well, now it can't happen. Um, okay, so yeah, bulletpointsmonthly.com. Go go read that. There's lots to read there. There is. It occurred to me. I think last last week I was thinking about it. There is um, uh, four years, more than four years. Wow. Weekly goddamn articles. Wow. Uh, Ed was a part of about three and a half of those years until he just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave that kid up for adoption. Um, Reed wouldn't let it, wouldn't let you uh, just use every mo- every month to write your Silent Hill book. Yeah, exactly. For, yeah. for four weeks a month. That's right. It was a major creative <laughs> disagreement to get to part ways. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash bullet points monthly. Uh, put money in there because without money, we, we're not going to do this anymore if there isn't some money. Um, because I don't make enough to pay people uh, myself out of my own pocket and to work for free and lose money. Uh, I, um, I, I do make enough, but I wouldn't do it even if I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's a poor proposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Patreon, if you, uh, you sign up, five bucks more a month. Uh, Yusuf and I are still slowly inching our way through Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, what the podcast. fuck are you two thinking with that? I honestly cannot believe... <laughs> It's a, been a long. Didn't, we're, we're so we're it. so early on in the game. Didn't you learn anything, <laughs> no, Reed, from Kingdom Hearts? I mean, God. No, I didn't. Reed is a glutton thought, for punishment. Honestly, I thought this is a fun format. I thought this is a fun <laughs> format. Uh, I didn't think it through properly. <laughs> Next time we'll do games that are like like Uncharted or something. Why don't, okay, well, forget the length. Why don't you just do a game that's good? Why don't you do a good game? Because good games. Sometimes, well, it depends what kind of good they are. Well, like the you know? the opposite of whatever kind of quote good Final Fantasy Thirteen is, the opposite of it's that. It's got a little boy who carries around a hunting knife and tries to to murder a guy. But I mean, that's like just like that's just like most cities in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can listen to that podcast, which you should, uh, because <laughs> make it make it worth it, please. Make it worth it. You can also listen to the Industry Minute. Uh, Ed, you do that as well. I'm on there. Yeah, Ed's not allowed to leave the site. He still has to continue doing that. Uh, you get those at five bucks or more a month, and also uh, you do ten bucks or more a month, then you get that stuff and OK Hero, which is the book uh, Ed and I co-wrote and uh, on Metal Gear Solid series, the Metal Gear Solid series of games. That's it. That was, I think it's been like a 15 minute that's a intro, big so. that's a big plug man that was a huge plug well we keep making shit yeah 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 absolutely absolutely you gotta tell the people what what they're getting for their their dollar yeah yeah right? yeah totally totally in in this economy you gotta sell mm. you gotta sell mm. if you want that money ABC baby mm-hmm. always be selling but like sell shading <laughs> That's what video games said in 2005. Yeah, yeah. Always be cell shading. ABC. Thank you for that 15 year old advice. <laughs> hey, they're, no, they're, they're remastering uh, 13 by Ubisoft. That's coming back out. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, there's that Spellcast game, looks pretty cell shaded. So here we go ABC. Spellbreak. Spell oh, old advice, but good advice. Well, it's actually with 13, it's the old A, B, C, D, D, which is always be cell shading David Duchovny. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is, uh, that's another uh, famous... That's a, that's a free one, freebie for you. Yeah. That's a free one. Uh, right, I'm going to go. I'm anyway. going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, goodbye, Ed, Yusuf. Uh, thank you, both of you. And we'll be back next time with another episode of of some kind of bullet points podcast. We'll figure it out when we get to it. Take care. Bye.